like being on book talk because I get great mm-hmm. recommendations for books. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up. I hate you. (laughs) Don't out me like that, Anna. Gosh. How Not to Die contains adult themes and explicit language. If you are at work or around little ones, you might want to put in your headphones. This episode contains triggering content related to sexual assault and rape. If these are topics that trigger you, put your mental health first and maybe skip this episode. It's been 80 years! So long. Oh my gosh. So we took a break. And then you got COVID and I got COVID. So Well then I and then I left uh the area for a bit. I'm on vacation right now. What else? Well, right now we're recording in two separate places, but Oh yeah, I started school back up, which I decided to change my major again. <laughs> okay, so low key when you <laughs> sent me those uh videos, you had the sound piece covered. I was, and I was so like, drunk. <laughs> I I heard changing my major and then the word embarrassed. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm not even going to ask. I'll just wait. Because I was like, she is feeling whatever she's telling me. And I'm just going to be supportive. (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) I know. I try to be. (laughs) So, So what are you thinking of changing your major to? Because weren't you going for graphic design? Yeah, so I was going for graphic design, and then I honestly, I got really mad at one of my professors, and I dropped his class, changing over to business management, and it's all online. That's why I chose it, so. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, business management. I can totally see you doing that. Absolutely. No, and I, I, I don't know, I just got like a really bad taste in my mouth. And it's really, I mean, in reality, the professor seemed to be pretty nice, so I feel bad that I'm so peeved at him. Don't feel bad. But at the same time, I'm like, I, like, he, well, not only, like, was all this stuff delayed, but, like, he was the type of professor that was like, oh, this is due the first week before you come to class. Like, he had that many assignments, and I was like, what? You cannot, yeah, I'm like, you cannot have these many assignments I'm sorry, the first class is just for going through the syllabus. If you get any homework on the first day of class, you are already a shitty teacher. I'm like, this is not, (laughs) this is not Harvard. This is not law school. (laughs) I am not Elwoods. We are going through the syllabus and you're going to... (laughs) Do a rundown on how you grade. Yes. That way I know how to kiss yes, up to you. exactly. And get a good grade. They're just like, class. here's how that's, not to die this semester. What the first day. They're, yeah. Right. Basically. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Speaking of which. There you go with that business management. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is how not to die. I don't remember what episode it is. I think it's... Wait, is this 12? Are you even? Or, you know, you're odd number. No, it's so you, 19. 19? Okay. 19? Yeah. Yep. I'm Anna, and I just changed my major. The end. <laughs> and I'm Betsy, 
I'm about to turn 25. We need to plan something really good for your birthday because we'll actually, like, I think the pandemic is probably getting better in Michigan, so we should go out and get drinks and stuff. So I have this one friend group where this other girl is also turning 25. So we're going to an escape room to like celebrate our both of us turning 25. But Ooh. that's like the week before my birthday. So my entire birthday week is wide open. And let's be honest, we need a week to celebrate. <laughs> we need, babe, we need like a whole month. <laughs> February 1st, popping the champagne. There you go. Seriously. Quarter life crisis. I've already had like four quarter life crisis and I'm only in my first quarter. So <laughs> every other day is a crisis. Dude. Happy crisis. Happy Chrysler. Happy Chrysler. Happy Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. So today our episode is I survived. So shall I just start it off? Yeah. Go right okay. ahead, babe. So I wrote these notes like over a month ago and I just, I read them through very quickly right before calling you. So if I'm a little bit awkward, don't blame me. Blame COVID. I, I, I will, <laughs> but you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. My episode of I Survived comes to you from 1977. Mine comes from the next year. We better not have the same person. We don't have oh, the same okay. one. I made sure. I made sure cuz you texted me uh, the name of your person. No, we don't we don't have we don't have the same one, but literally mine takes place in 78 and 79. Oh my gosh. So we're feeling the 70s, right? My survivor is Colleen Stan. And in 1977, she was 20 years old and she was hitchhiking from her home in Oregon to her friend's home in California because she was going to attend a birthday party. That sounds like a rad birthday party. I, I know. A birthday party that you would hitchhike for. That's going to be like, I mean, they're going to like probably be giving out free tattoos <laughs> at a party. It seems like a, it's got to be a pretty good party. Basically, she had said that she was an experienced hitchhiker and she kind of knew her way around being able to tell people's vibes and like be able to be like oh okay that person doesn't seem quite right or you know (laughs) right and so uh, she had allowed two different rides to go past before she accepted a ride from a 23 year old man named Cameron Hooker which I hate that his last name is Hooker okay (laughs) so I'm just gonna call him Cameron because I hate hate that his last name is Hooker. It's horrible. Anyway, but she said that she felt confident basically riding with him because he had his 19-year-old wife, Janice, and their baby girl in the car. I guess maybe if you could imagine like Jeremy and I and Artemis picking up a young girl. I don't know. I wouldn't trust you though, so. (laughs) That's because you got good intuition. (laughs) Be like, this bitch is gonna get me into some D&D or something. <laughs> I'm not gonna live here alive. I'm gonna come home with a set of dice and a cloak and, you know. <laughs> hopefully some butterbeer or whatever. Oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> 
So she obviously was like, no, it's okay. He's married. He has a kid. It's all good. So she got into the car with them and they were on their way and they stopped at a gas station and Cameron went in to use the restroom and she kind of like had this little voice that was like, get out, run. But she was like, no, it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. He came back. They drove off. And then Cameron pulled off of the highway to, like, a secluded spot and put a knife to Colleen's neck. And then they locked her head in a wooden box. What? Yeah. So do you know, you know, like, those scary movies where someone gets their head, like, locked into a box? Yeah. That's exactly... That is exactly what it is. And it's to prevent light, sound, and fresh air from coming in. So it's sort of like sense deprivation. Oh my gosh. Where you don't have... I mean, you can feel and you can talk, you can hear, but it's sort of like you can't see, you can't... Like, there's no... It's sort of like you're completely blind and also trapped. But to give you some backstory, before this, Cameron was a lumber mill worker and Janice had kind of reached this agreement with him that he could capture a slave. Because up until that time, Cameron had been using Janice to act out sexual bondage. You know, obviously, if you're not into that, that's like a really crazy, scary thing to go through. So she had given him permission, you know, you can capture a slave to, like, act out that stuff, but no penetrative sex. You know, there's, like, people who actually would consent. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's so many people out there who have the same intrep as you. Like, there's no need to entrap another person and... And I think that's, like, a very powerful thing that is the main difference between sex and rape is that sex is obviously sexual and rape is violence. Yeah, and rape is based on power control from my understanding. Right. And, I mean, it is a sexual act, but it's not done from sexuality. It's done from a need to control. It's done from, like, a hateful place of, like, violence and everything. And so... That can get really weird when you're dealing with different kinks and stuff because obviously kinks are valid and people can enjoy what they want to enjoy. But consent is like, (laughs) consent is the most basic foundation for any kink. If you don't have consent, then it's not kink. It's rape. So, and assault. This comes into play also where sexual education and education about consent, I feel like, is so important because I've been in situations where I felt pressured. Like, I haven't ever, like, thank God, like, I've never been in, like, a dangerous situation. But I've definitely been in situations where I've gone past my comfort zone to make someone else feel better. And uh, now that I'm a little older and I know a little bit more about consent, I'm like, you know, like, that's kind of effed up that... That happened because I didn't want it to happen. You know, like, it, it, I mean, like I said, luckily it's, like, hasn't been anything that's really affected me or anything, but. And And it is interesting because in this story, it would be so easy for somebody, for, like, Janice to just be like, okay, do whatever you want to me. I give in. The fact that she did kind of stand her ground and say, like, no, I don't want that happening to me is good. It's just that she also should have included you 
gotta find someone who wants to do that. <laughs> Not literally kidnap a person and rape them. And this part is kind of intense, so trigger warning to anyone out there who's listening. Um, just skip like two minutes. So on the first night of her kidnapping, Colleen was strung up by her hands, physically attacked by Cameron, beaten, electrocuted, whipped, burned, and left blindfolded and suspended while Janice and Cameron had sex below her. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh. Um, and then Colleen was forced to watch the couple have sex after they abused her. But eventually the, you know, no sex agreement changed and Cameron started incorporating rape into his forms of torture. Janice and Cameron moved to a mobile home and Colleen was kept in a coffin-like wooden box underneath their bed for up to 23 hours a day. And then they... That is my worst nightmare. I'm sorry. I know I'm in no, a but that is literally my worst nightmare. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, it's horrible. And But then they would bring her out because at this time the couple had two daughters. And so they would bring her out and she would clean and babysit the children for one to two hours a day. And then go back in the box. And the crazy thing is that these two daughters didn't even realize that Colleen was being held in the house. They just knew her as the girl who would come to babysit and then clean the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this is where she gets her nickname, the girl in the box. I, uh, that remind like that reminds me of, oh goodness, I can't remember the movie, but it's about one of the politicians that was against slavery in England way back when it's like a period drama and they go through what slave ships were like and very similar actually well similar but way worse obviously literally horrifying there was a quote from colleen she said anytime i was taken out of the box i never knew what to expect fear of the unknown was always with me as i was kept in the dark both physically and mentally during this entire time she was subjected to regular beatings and rape but she didn't even consider the torture to be the worst part of her confinement what terrified her even more was that cameron claimed to be a member of the satanic organization called the company and she was told that the company was a powerful organization who watched over her and her family's home was bugged so and this is like a thing that has actually been brought up in different cases. And also there was an episode of Criminal Minds that had this. And I, I still don't quite understand if this is like a fictional thing or if it was a real organization. But like the company is or is supposed to be like a super patriarchal organization. The men have all the power they have wives and then they also have sex slaves if they want or their wives are basically sex slaves and the way I believe that they just like it, it's total like submission everything is submission submissive and if you don't submit to the, your husband they'll just like beat the shit out of you basically if any of the wives or women try to escape this organization like it's almost like the mafia like they have eyes and ears everywhere they've got your family 
they've got tabs on your family and they'll kill your family if you try to escape. Like, it's this crazy thing. And I really haven't done a whole lot of research about it. But when I was reading through this, I was like, oh, I've heard of this before. Like, I've definitely heard of yeah. this. I think I've... What, was there a Netflix documentary about... I don't think it was this, but it was something that sounded very similar. I think I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the cult that a lot of celebrities have been in? Or No, not that one. It's like a political-based one. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called, like, the, the family. I can't remember, but it was basically, like, political-based patriarchal bullshit. Yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, this reminds me of my uh, people I ran into when I was a kid. This is awful. Seriously, I have no doubt in my mind that there are different cults and organizations that are like this out there. Obviously, if you listen to different podcasts about different cults, like there's still some like crazy stuff just in the past, you know, 30 years. I don't know if the company is an actual organization or cult or if it's even in existence I'm not even sure exactly what it could be but that's what she was afraid of and honestly if you were kept in a box you would believe anything that you were told oh yeah well I mean think of like the pandemic and how much we had to just stay at home and stay inside like how crazy we well I know at least I got yeah Right. And, like, how that affected my mental health and how it was a really difficult thing just to stay at home. And But with that, like, I could walk around. I could go on walks. My parents live in the country and I was with them. So I got to just enjoy nature and the outdoors. And, you know, I got to decorate my room. And, you know, I didn't have to sleep in a box. Like, <laughs> I got my own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The whole thing of the company was that if she tried to escape, the company would harm her family. And so she remained in captivity and she signed a contract stating that she was their slave. Because she was complying to Cameron and his wishes, she earned more and more freedom. So she was allowed to work in the garden. She was allowed to go for jogs. She was even allowed to visit her family. Like, while this was going on. Oh my gosh. Cameron accompanied her and she said that he was her boyfriend. And her family took a happy looking photograph of the pair. But her lack of communication and money made them believe that she was in a cult. But they didn't want to pressure her because they were scared it would cause her to disappear for good. So. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, he probably would have. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, it's crazy because it's like, you want to do the best for your kids. You want to be understanding. You don't want them to push you out of their lives. And you might not know that they're being held against their will. But you might also not know if they're lying because they're afraid that you are a target. Like, it's so fucked up. And a lot of these cases that I've heard of where... It's someone being kept in captivity. A lot of times, the people will generally be within a few miles of their home that they were, like, abducted from. Yeah. Um, I know, like, she was abducted, mm -hmm. but then released. But, like, I know there was a case, I can't remember what it was called, but I know it's, like, there are many like it where it's, like, I lived right around the block 
You know what I mean? And this guy cut me in my house for like 10 years, you know? And that's why yeah. if I would go missing, you best be knocking down every yeah. basement door. I don't even know what I would do if you went missing. I think I would turn into a feral animal and just start like ripping open doors and like going crazy. I would put everything that I've learned about true crime into finding you. And I would be probably labeled as a maniac. And I would be looking out my window like a princess in a tower and sing, Someday my Betsy will come. <laughs> <laughs> I would find you. I, I, I would find you. I would, if not, I would try my hardest. Oh. And I would never live a happy, fulfilled life knowing that I never found you. So, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen was kept captive for seven years from 77 to 84. She never got her own bed. Yeah. And, no, she was kept... Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if she got her own bed because she was given more freedom. So she may have been given her own bed. I'm not sure. Um, Dude, but, if I was in that box... Yeah. Could you imagine what it would do to your back? <laughs> to have a very fucked up like, back. You're in, like, you're in, like, this hard box that you can't move in sleeping. And then you have to do these crazy, sadistic, like, evil sex things. Right, I'm. I'm pretty sure that her back was the least of her worries, though. Like, can you imagine your mental health? Like, holy bejeebies! So she was kept captive for seven years, and towards the end of the seven-year span, Cameron stated that he wanted Colleen as a second wife, and basically this pissed off Janice. So Janice confessed that Cameron had tortured and brainwashed her since they first started dating each other and that she had developed denial techniques. After this turning point, she revealed to Colleen that Cameron was not a part of the company and Janice helped Colleen to escape. And Janice asked Colleen not to say anything because she thought that she could rehabilitate Cameron. Oh, no. I know, but when she realized that he was unsavable, Janice reported Cameron to the police. Jeez. So, does that mean that Janice had a similar experience to Colleen? I kind of assume, because, so Janice was 19, and Colleen was 20 when Colleen was abducted. And Janice had already had a child, and then she had another child. So I kind of think that she probably was deeply manipulate, manipulated and also tortured and held semi against her will. When I think of Janice, when I read all this, I kind of envision like a very meek person who didn't have any say. So it's hard to know what was going on. And it's hard to even know if that's who she was or how... She presented herself. See her. I mean, if she's that young, do we know how old Cameron was by any chance? Cameron was twenty three. Oh, when they kidnapped, he's young. So, so there was only three years difference between Cameron and Colleen, and then four years difference between Cameron and Janice. So they're all very much around the same age. Basically, 
Cameron and Janice's age difference is the same as me and Jeremy. Blink twice if you need help. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know this bad bitch ain't Yeah, being I was going to I was going to say <laughs> like if anyone's being <laughs> if anyone's being held captive. <laughs> That's great. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Tell Jeremy to blink, blink twice. Blink twice, Jeremy. No. I know you're not there. Blink twice. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So, Cameron was charged with sexual assault and kidnapping using a knife. At the trial, Janice testified against him for full immunity. And Colleen's experience was described as unparalleled in FBI history. So, Cameron was found guilty and given consecutive terms totaling 104 years sentence. In 2015, he was denied parole. <laughs> it would right. Ha! It would be a minimum of 15 more years before he's eligible for parole again. So, in 2030, he'll be eligible for parole and so we all need to show up and be like, "No." Right. Colleen suffered chronic back and shoulder pain as a result of her confinement. You were right. I you was right. right. I know. You're like, I was Damn. right. Oh, shit. Oh, That's that horrible. Scoliosis. Uh, <laughs> seriously. When she returned home, she received extensive therapy, but she eventually got married and uh, had a daughter of her own. She oh, joined an organization committed to helping abused women and earned a degree in accounting. Colleen and Janice both changed their names and continue to reside in California, but they don't communicate with each other at all. Right. In regards to her resilience during the years in captivity, Colleen told reporters, I learned I could go anywhere in my mind. In a similar way to Janice's way, Colleen had said, you remove yourself from the real situation going on and you go somewhere else. Yeah. I used, oh gosh. So literally not as not an experience like this at all. But I've had had times. So when we were in HPA theater group. Yeah. I I hated show week and I hated tech week so much because I got so nervous. And so I just literally was like, all right, we got 14 days. Let's just get through these days. Seriously. And like I remember just being like focusing so much on just trying to get through those days that I'd just be like all right another one done another one done another one done okay like I can almost be happy again <laughs> like I said it was like you know obviously very different because you know it wasn't right being but it's the it's the same mindset of if you put your mind to it to just like sort of escape from reality and go to your own reality like you can bear a lot the last thing that i have on here is that there's actually a, a movie done on colleen's story and it's called the girl in the box and it was made in 2016 i might actually try to look it up and watch it it's it's really hard to watch yeah yeah let me know if you find it because i might i might watch it i don't know I don't know. I always like, I always have a hard time. I love watching true crime stuff, but I always have a hard time, which I mean, isn't a bad thing, but I, 
whenever there's like sexual assault involved like it always like just bothers me too much like I just want like a good old murder mystery you know what I mean like it's like oh a good old murder mystery not like and then this you know like it's yeah right it's difficult but yeah it's really difficult to watch I honestly I'm not sure I think it'll depend on um how it is or even if I can find it I don't know if I'll even be able to find it so but that's the story of Colleen Stan yeah and she survived seven years holy guacamole well Colleen I know you're probably not listening to this podcast because this is probably not the genre of podcast you enjoy but in case you are queen you make everyone else it's so easy to be like oh well if I was in that situation I would run or I wouldn't give a fuck what happened to my family and like all that stuff. Like it's so easy to be the hero in your mind, but what you would actually do in that moment is so different. Well, it's kind of like me with my, that one professor that I was pissed off at where I'm like, if I was a professor, I'd be way better. (laughs) Seriously. This is How Not to Die. Thank you very much for listening to Colleen's story of surviving being put in a box. Please like, subscribe, give us a review. Five stars all around, you know. Oh, check us out on Instagram at How Not to Die Pod. And then TikTok at How Not to Die Podcast. Yeah. Because Betsy's really good at making stuff. <laughs>